Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Raising Good Humans. I'm Dr. Lisa Pressman, and today we're talking about the COVID-19 vaccine. And here to talk about this is Dr. Diana Ramos, who was just named the California Surgeon General. And Dr. Ramos is a distinguished leader in medicine and a trusted public health expert. So she seemed like a great person to introduce to everyone and have this conversation. And I know that talking about vaccines is anxiety provoking. And I know that everybody gets extra anxious or excited depending on their experience with the healthcare community and depending on their experience with medicine. So I understand that it's a sensitive topic. I also am a person who supports vaccines and I work in a hospital. I am surrounded by physicians. I'm surrounded by immunologists. I'm surrounded by folks who know that our children are safer in a world with vaccines. So that's the spin that I come from. So of course, I wanted to make sure to get this public service announcement out to help promote anybody who's going to help keep everybody more safe. And I know this is one of those topics that gets people more passionate, but I am passionate about health and safety. And when you're feeling anxious, one thing to think about are statistics, which is kind of nerdy, but one way to look at it is thinking when you hear stories that make you freaked out, or when you think about the one friend who had a friend who told you something, just remember that if you were told your child is infinitely more safe if they wore a red t-shirt than if they wore a blue t-shirt. So they're not 100% safe, but they're infinitely more safe if they wore a red t-shirt. You would not hesitate to put them in a red t-shirt and you would hesitate to put them in a blue t-shirt. Even if you heard that there was a chance that something bad would happen if they were in a blue t-shirt, if you knew there was an exponentially greater chance of safety in the red t-shirt, you would not think twice. So that's one way to get yourself to think more about the statistics of it all, the likelihood of something good versus something bad happening. And go get vaccinated and get everybody vaccinated. Think of it that way rather than thinking of it as the one story from the one friend whose one 
other friend said that this bad thing happened or somebody who is not a peer reviewed scientist giving you content about what studies show us. It's not helpful. It makes people feel really anxious. And in fact, it's typically scientifically unsound. Having said that, this is definitely a public health announcement. So the California Surgeon General feels like a good communicator for making sure that we make healthy choices and for alleviating some of the stress that comes along with it. So I am very excited to be able to bring you this conversation from the Surgeon General of California, Dr. Diana Ramos. Dr. Ramos, can you tell us about the latest vaccine available for infants and toddlers that are over six months old? This is something that people were really waiting for and excited about on the one hand, and on the other hand, really nervous about and confused about and have lots of questions about. So what can you tell us? Well, I can tell you that we now have the most protective COVID-19 booster. And it has been updated to really protect us against the not only the original strain of the coronavirus, which threw us all in a tizzy in the due to a pandemic, but more importantly, the new vaccine includes the Omicron variants. And the FDA has approved Pfizer and Moderna boosters to help protect all of us. And it is really critically important because everyone five years and older is eligible to get the updated booster. So the opportunity is here now to help protect ourselves against the, the next strain of COVID-19. Okay. So can you clarify, because I think this is something that is really confusing for people. A booster is not like a different dose or an extra shot, right? It's I'm not going to say it because I'm not the doctor here, but can you clarify what a booster is? Because I think people get confused that a booster is something else other than another dose of the shot spread out at a time that is recommended. Right. So it, the initial vaccine series, so if somebody has never received the COVID vaccine, you know, they, they get two shots. So that's the first time. So now the booster, the booster provides the additional support against infection for the new strain. The previous booster that we've heard about targeted an earlier strain of COVID-19. This updated booster, as, as you were talking about, protects against not only the original strain, but the most infectious Omicron variants, which are BA.4 and BA.5. These are the ones that are currently circulating. So they protect you for against the what is circulating right now. And this is available for those who are five and older. And what, what does it look like in general when, you, when your child gets vaccinated compared with, say, adults? Is there a difference? Because I know some people are worried about, do they have to, are there side effects? Are the kids going to have to miss school that day? Will they feel crummy the way adults sometimes feel crummy? Or is it a little bit easier on younger kids? 
You know, it depends, just like in adults. It really does depend. I think the most common reaction that we all have, <laughs> you don't have to be a child to experience it, is a painful arm, right? Because anytime mm-hmm. we get a, a shot, it's not very much fun. So just like the adults, the kids also may experience a, a little bit of a, a painful arm, but but that's a common side effect from any vaccine. And in terms of expected side effects, it really, again, depends upon the person because some people feel nothing and other people may feel a little bit tired, a little bit under the weather, but that usually goes away relatively. And, you know, this is a good time to just slip in that rather than tell your child if they're getting a vaccine, it's not going to hurt. You're not going to feel anything. You're much better off saying planning in advance and helping them understand what it might feel like very quickly and what your solution is, what your strategy is in the moment so that they're not miserable or so that they don't trust you. Now, obviously, if we're talking about infants and toddlers, that's going to be a different thing than if you're talking about a five-year-old. But we don't want to trick kids, rather just engage them and make it a little bit more about this is part of being healthy. Well, and I like to frame it as this is you want to continue playing with your friends, going to school, having fun, going to the sleepovers, parties. This is one way that you're going to be protected to be able to do that so that you're staying healthy and you're helping your your friends to stay healthy as well. So just focusing on the positive, it's, you know, anytime we have to take medicine, it's not always tasting so good but the outcome is really positive. So focus on the good things that are going to happen as a result of the one-time booster that they're going to be receiving. And I wonder, just for parents who are hesitating because they feel like COVID is not that big of a deal for the young people, what can you say to speak to that? And I think you just spoke to it in part, which is why I brought it up, because you can participate in more, keep yourself and others safe. But what are some of the things that might allay some fears for parents who just feel uncomfortable with this? Yeah, so I, I know in the beginning, one of the biggest fears was the lack of data, the lack of information when it came to vaccines and, and children. But now we have had an extensive amount of, of data with the Pfizer vaccine. You know, the trials included over 4,500 infants and toddlers, and the Moderna vaccine trials involved over 6,500 infants and toddlers, you know, all over the age of six months. So we have a lot of data. So that was just from the clinical trials. Now we have even more data because. You know, we've had kids being vaccinated throughout the past year. So all of this information we're hearing and we're seeing the evidence that that it's safe. And we really want to protect our kids from the consequences. Yes, consequences can happen. And for some kids who are immunocompromised, who are sick, getting COVID can actually have them end up in the hospital miss school, and worst case scenario, even death. It is rare, but that can happen. So why not protect our children from COVID-19 with just a simple booster? We can all do that. And how often should kids get boosted, especially, I guess, how often and if they've recently had COVID, how long should they wait? So right now, 
we just are receiving the new booster. So if they've had COVID, the recommendation is to wait at least two months. Can you get COVID again? Absolutely. After getting COVID, I think we've seen that. Some of us have gotten COVID twice. And it's really important to be aware of that. Uh, oftentimes people think, well, I've got COVID. It doesn't matter. Well, it, it does matter to get your, your booster because the new strain of COVID you may be susceptible to and, and you may get sick. So really important, remember, remember to get that booster vaccine. And if you've had COVID, you know, the recommendation is, is, is to wait a little bit, but absolutely get it again. And is the two-month wait period because it spreads out your immunity? Is it because it's not safe? To get the vaccine that the booster that close to having had it is it is like how does that number work is there any benefit to waiting three or four months i'm just curious so right now because of the fact that we're anticipating and we're getting into the flu season right it's going to be really critically important for us to get the the booster waiting waiting two months is just a a, a general statement because your antibodies already working for you but you can still get get COVID again because of the fact that during the winter, fall months, we're all staying indoors more, right? I don't know where you are, but it was just raining a lot here where I live and everybody stays indoors. Maybe there's less hand washing, more closer contact. So all of that increases the risk for viral infections. And so right now we're saying get the booster vaccine because of the fact that we're entering those those fall and, and winter months that increase our risk for infection. But in general, could you get the, the booster vaccine earlier? Absolutely. But in general, that's the, uh, the recommendation that we've seen works. And is there a better vaccine choice for kids? Like is Pfizer, Moderna more or less recommended or is it just like get what you can get? The best vaccine is the one that is available for you. <laughs> And so I say that because depending upon where you are, they may only be offering one vaccine, one or the other. So it's important to remember that all COVID-19 vaccines are safe and prevent hospitalization and worst case scenario death for everyone six months and older. So no brand is better than another. I think the important thing to realize is that we as parents now have a, a choice whether it's the Pfizer vaccine or the Moderna vaccine and for our kids, six months to 17 years old. When COVID first started, we only had one choice, but now we have two choices. Is it possible to mix them? You know, if you had one, get a booster from the other, vice versa, or do you want to stick with the vaccine, that you, the original? Yeah, ideally you want to stick with the series that you started. And usually if you, you know, went, depending upon the provider that you saw, they will also emphasize that as well and make sure and give you the appointment so that you can get the same vaccine, whether it was Pfizer or Moderna. Thinking about pregnant women, because this is a whole other population that sometimes gets a little bit more, rightfully so. We're of course more anxious about our children and when we're growing children in our bodies. So can you speak to what the science says for pregnant women and vaccines and what it says for pregnant women who are not vaccinated. Yeah. So as an OBGYN, I can tell you that I saw the, you know, very negative effects of COVID in pregnancy. 
And what can help pregnant moms is getting vaccinated. Pregnant moms can, you know, they end up being hospitalized more and have more complications. The American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, which is the the medical body for OBGYNs, recommends that all pregnant people up to six weeks postpartum receive the COVID vaccine before or during pregnancy. And they should also receive the booster at least two months after the last primary series or their, their last booster. So really important because you're not just protecting yourself as a pregnant mom, but you're protecting your baby. So if you're pregnant and you get vaccinated toward the end of the pregnancy, you're protecting once the baby's born, they still have antibodies. So they're still protected. Is that an accurate way of saying it? Yes, that's right. And especially if the mom is breastfeeding, we're now seeing that the antibodies can go through the breast milk. So, you know, it's, it's a win-win for, for mom and for baby. I think I want to circle back. Okay. So we talked about infants and toddlers and children and pregnant women who are getting vaccinated. Right. Right. And we actually have more data from the CDC really making that recommendation for pregnant women. The CDC followed over 35,000 people who were vaccinated during or just before pregnancy. And really based on that information and what is known about how vaccines work and their components, researchers have found no safety concerns for pregnant people receiving the COVID-19 vaccine. And I know that oftentimes is a concern. So, and, and, you know, the question always comes up again, what are the, what about the side effects? So just yeah. like everyone else, some of the fi- side effects are maybe arm soreness, maybe a little tiredness, body aches perhaps, but all of that goes away. So really important to, to get that booster. And if you haven't been vaccinated, get vaccinated if you're pregnant. And is there any study that you can speak to? Because I do think when you name those numbers and the studies, it really alleviates some of the anxiety. So thinking I was actually going to close the loop on the infants and toddlers, but I wonder if there are any studies that you can talk about that can help people put that in their minds instead of maybe misinformation. Because I think what happens is that you hear one horrible story. And then you use that story to represent what you feel about vaccines rather than looking at the 35,000 people, you're looking at one person or rather than looking at, you know, statistics, because that's hard to grasp. You pull a personal story that maybe was scarier. So what I would love to do is hear the story of the data and any studies that can give parents some sense of peace of mind with regard to the vaccine and the infants and toddler set? Yes. You know, I think we just have to go back to the clinical trials that were initially done, where the Pfizer vaccine had over 4,500 infants and toddlers, and the Moderna vaccine had over 6,500 infants and toddlers. And, and so that is really critically important to keep in mind because those were the, the clinical trials that were reviewed by the FDA in order to say, okay, you have the green light to now provide the booster, to provide the vaccine for children. 
And that is a large number. So that's over 11,000 children that the clinical trials were looking at. And again, just looking back at how many children were vaccinated once the vaccines were approved, you can believe that the data is being looked at, the, the data is being followed. And if we did not feel and if we did not see, more importantly, that it was safe, you know, the call out for vaccinating our children would not be happening right now. What we do know, what we have seen is that kids who were vaccinated were less likely to be hospitalized and be sick. And one thing too, and as a parent, you probably can relate to for the listeners, is that if your child is sick, it's not your child alone that's going to be impacted. You know, they're going to be missing school, missing activities with their friends, you're going to be impacted, right? Your job or somebody else is is going to be home and trying to take care of, of your child. And if you are working remotely, your work is going to be split with caring for your child and being at home. So it really impacts the whole family. This just highlights the preventive piece that can help us maintain our daily routine. You know, our kids have really been impacted by the virtual reality, virtual world that we were all pushed into as a result of COVID. So we can can normalize now, you know, our schedule going back to school, being at work. I think that helps our kids stay healthier mentally as well. For sure. I mean, that's a whole other conversation, but certainly the more we can make sure that our children get to be in person, in school, interacting, learning without being remote, the better off they are. And I think for so many of us in the field of child development, it was so hard to watch kids not be at the front of the priority list and have so much time not able to be out there. And they needed to do that for a while to protect people. But now there are vaccines. And so we, I feel strongly that we kind of owe kids that we're all getting vaccinated and that we're making sure that everybody is able to be in person to support their mental health. And then, as you said, it's just like not even if, if your child, if anyone gets sick, even if they're mildly sick, that has an, like an impact on whether or not you can go to work, how long you have to stay home. And it's kind of goes to a larger question of childcare and so many different things. So there's sick, sick, which is terrifying. And then there's just the kind of sick where now everybody has to figure out the economic issues that come along with that and the social issues that come along with that. I wonder if the vaccine, because this is another thing that I think you could help clarify for people. Does vaccinating your child or vaccination during pregnancy reduce your risk of having or contracting COVID-19? And if you do get it, does it reduce the severity of the virus? Yeah, no. So typically, yes. So even if you do get it, the severity, and this is what we've seen from the data from the cases, the severity is not as bad as those who were not vaccinated. And that's great. So many of the times what folks are saying is that, yeah, it just, I got COVID, but it was like having a bad cold. When you hear those who are not vaccinated, you know, the severity is, is oftentimes worse. 
the other thing that we really also have to keep in mind is, you know, we've got not just the disease, but then there's also the risk for long COVID effects. So we can prevent, and, and as time goes on, we're seeing all of the negative impact of, of long COVID. If we can prevent that from happening in the first place, you know, we're, we're all going to be healthier. So it reduces the impact, it reduces the length of time or the severity, and it reduces the risk of long COVID as well, or the severity of long COVID? Well, we're learning more about long COVID. So that is something that as time is going on and more folks are having, have had COVID, what the effects are. But if you can eliminate your risk from getting COVID in the first place, right, <laughs> then you will have eliminated your risk for long COVID if you never even had COVID. And so for parents who I'm just trying to pull together all the things that I hear from parents, we know from science that you don't really convince people who are not doing something to do it as easily. But for people who are on the fence or people who just haven't gotten around to it, this is really important. And I wish we could also convince everybody. (laughs) But the important thing is that moving the needle for people who weren't sure or people who might have had some misinformation that they'll go forward with making sure that they not only vaccinate, do boosters in a timely manner. So maybe the, I think the other important thing to highlight is the fact that you're listening to this podcast. Fantastic. Now you've, you've maybe heard my recommendation, you know, your recommendation to, Hey, let's really consider and encourage you to get vaccinated. So now you have some more information and take this information to have a broader conversation with your healthcare provider and talk to your pediatrician because the recommendations really are there for you to know that this is what we're recommending as public health spokespeople. But more importantly, talk to your provider because your child's health really is going to impact whether or not you should be receiving the COVID vaccine. And so by that, I mean, I know that there are some kids that are immunocompromised and they specifically, right, you want your kids to really be protected. So you, you know, in speaking with your pediatrician, they may say, oh, yes, you know, we need to have, you know, your child vaccinated because of the fact that there are increased risk for, for diseases. And if your child has had COVID, you know, a month ago, then they can say, you can have that conversation with them and they may say, well, they just had COVID. Let's wait a little bit and then we'll give them the booster. But the recommendations and the questions that parents may have are ones that they should be having a conversation with their pediatrician. So I would say use this information as the foundation for questions for you to go and, and have a conversation with your pediatrician because information is critically important so that you can make an informed decision. And hopefully, you will have your kids vaccinated because we want to keep them healthier out of the hospital and keep them in school and you know participating in the fun activities that are coming up Halloween trick or treating you know all the parties and all the family gatherings that are going to be coming up in the coming months in fact along those lines for big family gatherings or big fun parties or any of that if you're vaccinated and you're inside it reduces your risk of transmission. And again, it reduces the risk that if you do get COVID, that it will be a lengthy and serious presentation of COVID. But it also really reduces risk, right? Overall, yes, yes. 
as we're getting closer to more gatherings, you want to avoid that gift that keeps on giving, which is COVID, right? As we're learning more with, with uh, long, long COVID, there could be complications. So the best thing that we can do is to really get that booster so that we decrease our risk for reinfection and stay healthier. So what are some of the myths that you've heard? I hesitate to talk about myths because when you bring up a myth, sometimes it makes people think, well, is there any truth to that? But I also think there's so much misinformation out there that I'd rather kind of acknowledge the misinformation and counter it with accurate information. If there are things that you have heard that have put parents in a position of feeling more anxiety about vaccines, what is some of the misinformation that you want to clarify? Yeah, I think one of the most common one has to do in general, not necessarily with children. And actually, you know, the parents are worried, am I ever going to have any grandchildren? It's fertility, right? A COVID impact, the, the vaccine impacts fertility. And actually, we've seen the data and it does not. We can actually tell you it does not because that was one of the concerns that I was hearing from from some parents, like, oh, I've heard that impacts fertility. Is it going to impact my child's fertility when they get older? So we are, look, we have seen the data. We have seen over 200,000 patients looked at the data and no, it does not impact fertility. And it's really critically important to, to keep that in mind. I think the other thing that we really want to emphasize is that, again, just repeating the fact that the booster will help kids stay in the activities that they enjoy, stay in those gatherings, in going to school, just being part of being a kid, playing with other children. So it's really critically important to remember that the vaccine can help them you know, stay in, stay in, in those healthy activities. And oftentimes parents may not have, and I'm cognizant of that, a regular healthcare provider. And that is a reality. Where do I go to get information? Where do I go to get answers for some of the questions I may have? And, and I can share with you that we have a website at it's myturn.ca.gov. That's myturn.ca.gov where there is a site for parents that they can get answers to some of the questions, to some of the misinformation that maybe they've heard. So it's a matter of knowing what questions you have and getting the answers to those questions. So don't let a lack of knowledge or information be the deterrent to getting the best care for your child. You know, getting the information, getting the education can help you make that informed decision. And I know as a parent, you always want to do the right thing for your child. And I can personally tell you as a parent, I've had my son not only vaccinated, but boosted. And, you know, it's, it's something that we have done as a family. So I just hope that folks get the, the information that they need to feel comfortable and to make sure that they're making the best choice for their child. It is so meaningful, even though we don't like to, you know, you like to separate your practitioner from your personal life. And you think like, oh, I don't want to give up too much information. If you're listening to somebody as a physician or a therapist or any kind of clinician, you kind of want to separate church and state. At the same time, there's something about this. It feels so soothing to know that 
the folks who are talking about this are parents themselves who are vaccinating their kids and making sure that they're staying safe or as safe as possible. Because it's not just like some, you know, oh, this is about others. Like I'm in this with you. We are all doing this and making sure that the safest best practice is to vaccinate our own kids. And there is something I think that feels very soothing about that. You know, you're not just saying like, do this for other kids. Absolutely. Okay. So I'll use me as an example. I had COVID in September, right when I was going to, I was waiting to get the bivalent booster and it had not quite come out. And I got COVID after all this time, not getting COVID and I'm vaccinated and boosted, but I was just bad timing just for the beginning of the school year. And I'm wondering when, how much time between when you have your COVID diagnosed, how much time between testing positive for COVID and getting the bivalent booster do you need to wait? And is it different for adults and kids? So the recommendation is to wait three months. And it's the same recommendation for adults and children. There's no magic reason as to why, but it's three months. So everybody's ready to make sure their kids are vaccinated. If they're pregnant, they're up for getting vaccinated. If they haven't, where can they go? How can they schedule this? Yeah. So call your pediatrician. And for those who don't have a regular pediatrician, you can also visit vaccines.gov to get your child vaccinated. Or for those of you who are in California, you can go to myturn.ca.gov. They also have a hotline and that number is 833-422-4255. 833-422-4255. And they can buy a place that is near them to get the vaccine. Really important families can schedule an appointment for their children in pharmacies and select pharmacies as well. So now we have that convenience. So contact your local pharmacy to see what ages they vaccinate. And remember that the COVID vaccine is recommended for infants and toddlers over the age of six months. And those are the ones who can receive the series along with their other regular vaccines. You know, really important. The best thing you can do to stay safe, to stay in school and not have to miss the fun activities of Halloween and everything else coming up is to get vaccinated. So we can all do that. If kids are supposed to get their flu vaccine or any other vaccines, can you get it on the same visit? Yes. So a lot of providers are actually doing that, making it convenient so that you get both vaccines, because we know that not only are we anticipating an increased number of COVID cases, but we are going to be starting flu season. We are in flu season from what we're seeing from the southern countries where the flu season already happened, it looks like it's going to be an intense flu season. So the best thing you can do there is to get vaccinated against the flu and you can do both at the same time. Great. I know that a lot of people get nervous about overloading with vaccines. And again, there may be misinformation out there, but what you're saying is there's no reason to separate them out. It doesn't change the efficacy and you don't get more side effects unless you do. I actually have no idea. <laughs> you know, you don't get more side effects. And if parents feel comfortable spacing them out, then go ahead and space them out. But remember to get both. Vaccines. 
right now is you're meant to get flu vaccine and COVID booster or vaccine. Is that important to do early in flu season? Does it matter what time of year you're doing it? Is it just like, get this done? Yeah, great question. No, it's important to, first of all, just get it done, right? You just do it. And we, right now is the start of the vaccination period because we know that the cases are going to start to go up because of the fact that we're indoors more often, we're in closer contact, and this is just part of the, the cyclical nature of the flu season. And is there a different, I'm in California. So for those of us who are in warmer climates, it doesn't seem like we get a pass on flu season. How does that work? And on COVID, because we are outside more and it's not as cold. Are we in a better position or does it seem to be looking this, does it seem to look the same? So we are not in a better position. That would be great if we were spared the flu or, or COVID. You have to remember our kids are in school, right? And they're indoors. And for those days that it does rain, they're indoors even longer. So it is not, we're not protected just because we're in warmer weather. So that's why the one thing that we can do to protect ourselves is to get the flu vaccine and more importantly, to get the COVID-19 booster. Wonderful. Thank you so much for this information and for taking the time. It's the kind of thing where no matter how much people hear that they should do it, when you hear directly from a physician who is steeped in all of the important stuff going on right now, it just feels like we can do this. We've got to do this. And it feels more safe. Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity. And remember, go to vaccines.gov for anyone outside of California. And if you are in California, myturn.ca.gov are sites where you can get a lot more information, not only on the vaccine, but more importantly, where you can go take your child and yourself to get vaccinated. Thank you so much. As the new Surgeon General, I am asking the public if there are issues, if there are questions that you're facing in terms of accessing health or health issues, please let me know. And we have established what we call office hours. And the email to that is Diana at osg.ca.gov. And I hope to be able to provide the information to resources that will help answer the question. So I'm I'm here as a public servant and looking forward to providing the communication and the support that we all. That's incredible. And thank you for that resource and for taking the time. I hope everybody takes advantage. This is such a great opportunity to hear from you and much appreciated. And on behalf of, you know, as a as a developmental psychologist who cares about kids and as a mother who cares about her own kids, I really appreciate the work that you're doing and Thank you. And I want to let you go back to do it. (laughs) It's such a pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.